loves the Lord. Say amen. amen. We're going to follow the Holy Ghost tonight, what he's put in my heart <clears throat> from time to time across the country <clears throat> in the hour that we live, in the nation that we live, in the spirit of Antichrist. And the abomination that's causing the holy place to be desolate. Church has become everything but what God meant it to be. Y'all finish this for me. My house shall be called the house of And that's the thing that gets the least attention. So I want to ask you to cooperate with me tonight and stay with me for a little while. If you'll do what I ask you. I appreciate it. The Lord's here, isn't he? Amen. Strong. He's been in this meeting. His presence has been strong. I want to get all the men, all the men in this section and all the ladies in this section. If you'll do that for me, I appreciate it. Y'all done that as quick as I've ever seen anybody do it. <laughs> Brother Perry, I've been in some. These two or three stubborn ones won't move out of their seat. <laughs> I was hoping that didn't happen tonight. <laughs> and it didn't. That's how the old-time Puritans used to have meeting. The women on one side, the men on the other. feel more like brothers and sisters this way. You're laughing about your mother, wondering where you're going to sit in heaven. I believe that I got a lot of Bible for what I'm fixing to tell you. Families will be there together. And church families will be judged together and seated together. The Lord's going to have an awful hard time in the South getting everybody in the right church. <laughs> it's going to be like the mama hen that seen that plate of scrambled eggs. I never seen so many mixed up youngins in my whole life, she said. <laughs> I was in Uganda last year and going to Kenya, South Sudan, and Uganda this year in one trip. 
And I wish you could go and hear the testimonies about how people love their Bible. I was in Albania. I don't have the time to explain to you how godless that country is. Eastern Europe, the only, the only European country in your encyclopedia or Wikipedia that says Muslim. Atheist. The only country, I think, in the world that claimed atheism as its religion. And Muslims have claimed it. The Ottoman Empire, the Turkish Muslims, had them for a thousand years. Communists had them for a hundred years. General Hosha with two X's. You've never heard of him because nobody cared about Albania. But he is more cruel than Stalin or Lenin. He'd just wipe out a whole town. He burned all the Muslim mosques the Greek Orthodox churches, and the handful of Roman Catholics. He burned every religious institution there was and burned all their holy books or their unholy books and declared he was God. And the children grew up singing songs to, that, to their dictator, and they were forced. They didn't come out of the heart and praying prayers to that man. He didn't even allow a Muslim the Koran. And he declared he'd stamp out any notion of any God. When all the Soviet bloc countries collapsed in the late 80s and early 90s, and the gospel came pouring into that country and preachers came in, you ought to hear the testimonies of the people that, I was going to say found God, but the people that God found in those hours. We met a little doctor and he got saved off half a page of a gospel track. All he ever got a hold of. Half a torn page of a gospel track. <coughs> I met a man that got out of the Albanian prison. Now you talk about a tough world. He's only in prison because one of the higher ranking soldiers wanted his wife and he mowed him down with an AK-47, and they put him in prison. And that's it, an ugly story. I couldn't even tell you. But while he's in prison, some way or another, he got a hold of some literature. I do not know how. Of a Texas Bible Institute. And the old boy didn't know any better because nobody ever trained them. They drank, they drank beer and wine over there, and they make their own like tea. Drink it every day from a child. There's no laws. They, it's like drinking water. Well, and I was a little offended and ruffled. My feathers were ruffled about that. He had a bar. <laughs> well, over there, it was the same as just having any business. And I said, that, you know, there ain't no way. What's this man got a bar as a Christian? The culture, you know. And I went in, and the Holy Ghost was all over him. He's trying to serve his drinks. <laughs> Nobody never had a pastor, never had a church, never seen a preacher, never seen an American. And I said, this just ain't right. And he looked at me with tears and embraced us, never seen other Christians and preachers. 
He said, I love. we brought him a Bible, and he, and he couldn't believe it. He got a hold of one there when he got out of the prison and communism collapsed and started bringing Bibles in. And he said, oh, and he held his Bible. And he said, I memorize Proverbs and Galatians because they're my favorite books. What books do you memorize? I said, give me a drink. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I pretty much rearranged my little assessment there of who was the real Christian in that room. And it wasn't me. <laughs> them Bibles going into them kids. When I was in Uganda last year, they killed 184 students in Kenya. Allah Akbar is that the just Muslim murders is what they are. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, you call it what you want, you politically correct, stinking outfit. It's murdering Muslims is what it is. Amen. I was only in Kenya for half a morning on our way out, and while we were in Kenya, they killed 184 Kenyan students the morning I was there. Two hours from us, we was afraid that it was going to shut everything down and we get stuck there. Them Muslims, to get a copy of that right there, you just don't understand. There's a little short fella named Bledy, Albania, Christian boy. I had a van full of redneck preachers from Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. That's dangerous to carry rednecks anywhere outside their own county. You know that's dangerous. <laughs> in every airport, making fun of all the bombs. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bombs in my back pocket. Shit, we're going to get arrested. <laughs> Can't take them nowhere. We'd go down the road in the van. About 12 Baptist preachers I carried over there, pastors and preacher boys. And here's this little 24-year-old raised under communism and atheism. Muslims trying to claim them, but the Albanians, not even, they're nothing. They're not even Muslim. I said, Bloody, tell us how you got saved. I'm talking about that old book right there. Can I get a witness? He said, I have a friend came through our town. And he's talking about a missionary after communism collapsed. He, the man was only in his town one day. He didn't know him before or since, but he counted him a friend. We're, we're spoiled in America. And you go to where they're living off the land and they got nothing and been raised with a slave mentality, what they treasure You can't hardly stomach Americans when you come back. Sorry, but you can't. Our arrogance is off the chart. It's a wonder God ain't kicked us all into hell. The arrogance of Americans is off the chart. And, and that spirit's in the churches. Bunch of overgrown, spoiled brats sitting in our churches. I ain't saying that to be ugly. I'm saying that because that's the way it is. He said, I have a dear friend. Knew him one day. 
but it's his dear friend. <laughs> he said, he came through our town when freedom came and said he gave me a Bible. Never seen it, never heard it. He said, I go home. I take my Muslim Koran. I open it up. I take this new book. I open it up. I set them side by side. And he said, when I read the page of this one, something changed in my heart. He said, I close my Muslim Bible, put it away, and this is my book now. That's what he done in the van while he's driving. He held it up like this. A bunch of rednecks I had in there went to shout, and one of them hit his head on top of the van. He did it. Come straight up from Alabama. Jumped straight up, hit his head on the van. I, I got the tingle, shouting. I got news for you. If the church don't get a hold of God, we're in trouble. I do not pray for America. God is not going to revive America. God's going to judge America. America has served a special place in the providences of God in these last days. A big sister to Israel, headquarters of the local church in these hours, the publisher, printer, and the, and the sender of Bibles. But America is not near as special as you think. Well, that hurt people's feelings. <laughs> now, I appreciate all the veterans who have ever shed their blood for freedom. Can I get a witness right there? I appreciate any soldiers that have shed their blood for freedom. So please do not misunderstand me. But we're on an ego trip in America. Better get on our face. I'll tell you that, I don't care who you elect this fall. I don't care who you could have elected. A 75 million babies, their blood's crying out of the ground. They've been aborted and murdered. And sodomites have been promoted and protected and been profanely shoved into the face of God. He's done with America. And I don't think he was ever interested in America like we carry on. The nations are as a drop in a bucket to him. There were more Masons and more Deists and several atheists and only a handful of Christians in the founding of this country. It got a little quiet right there. There's, there's 80% deist, which just meant fellers that believed there was a God somewhere, but did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all are quiet on me. And if you look at it, we got the exact same thing right now. It's what we was birthing. A bunch of people who believe in God but don't know Jesus. We are what we were. We are what we were. Could America be modern-day Babylon? I know the arguments. I know the theological positions. Is it Rome, number seven hills? Is it Jerusalem with the blood of the saints and the prophets she's drunk on? It, honey, it could be America so easily. I know one thing, the world's headquartered right here. The United Nations. We have the super military, we have the super money, we have the super medicine. So what I'm saying to you, I'm saying on purpose, 
I ain't praying for America. You got no burden to pray for. God's fixing to judge the hound out of America. You say, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, honey, you ain't never needed America. It ain't America I'm praying for to have revival. I'm praying for the church to have revival. I don't pray for this nation as much as I pray for this generation. By the way, the church doesn't do good unless the world's against us anyhow. Y'all trying to recreate Rome for 300 years ago. Mary state and government. How'd that work out for you with the Pope running the world? Can I get a witness right there? Mormons believe that America's the kingdom of heaven on earth. Christians ain't supposed to believe that. We're not the kingdom of heaven on earth. We were a special nation with a special purpose, but she's fulfilled that purpose. And God put, God put the current administration in place, and we ain't going back. We don't need to go back. We're looking ahead. We're going home. Why do you want to go back? We're going home to where we're going. And so the question lies, are you an American or a Christian? Oh, yeah, this hurts everybody's feelings. It's used to hollering, God in country, God in football, God in NASCAR, God in God. God ain't interested in none of that. He's got a bride, and he loves her, and he died for her, and he purchased her with his own blood. God don't give a rip which football team wins. God ain't out there at NASCAR, an industry built on gambling and drinking and, and abominating the Lord's day. Well, that went over like a, that'll help you. That'll help you preaching that somewhere once in a row right there, you know. Stinking outfit going down there on the Lord's day, the thing based on moonshining and gambling, running from the law. NASCAR was birthed by running from the law to get somebody drunk. And now everybody's on Sunday running from the Lord getting drunk. Y'all ain't helping me. Are y'all Americans or Christians? Are you Americans or Christians? Sports, a word that I rarely, rarely, rarely use in church, pastor, but... Sports and sex is a God of this nation. And they've intertwined the two to worship the body of the male and the female, sports and flesh. And they got organized, commercialized, where they do it all on Sunday. I wish I'd get somebody. Y'all better help me. We're going to pray, but we got to the, knock the American devils out of here first. Help me now. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, the latest thing they got, the latest thing they got is beer. Beer drinking Sundays. Oh, Google it. I dare you to Google it. These big mega churches, contemporary churches, encouraging people to go to the bar on Sunday, sit around, drink a beer, because they think social drinking's okay. Drink a beer 
and bring your Bible and try to talk to the patrons of that establishment. I dare you to Google it. Don't let your children Google it. Ain't no telling what'll come up. That, that, they got beer drinking Sundays. That's one of the latest waves. A bunch of pragmatists thinking the ends justifies the means. God ain't never needed no little slick gimmicks to get sinners to Calvary. You said, I thought we was going to pray. We've offended him so much, we gotta, we got to make him think that we love him a little bit before he'll come down there and let us talk to him. Isn't that right? What are you doing right now, chewing us out? No, I'm chewing devils out. I want Jesus to know we love him. I want to I hate what he hates, love what he loves, and let him in the door. And so I believe in the church. Some of you will never understand what I've just said the last 15 minutes, but some of you will. So what are you praying for, Brother Dean? I'm praying for the church in America to have revival. The only nation God was ever interested in reviving, he done revived it in 1948. After 2,500 years of it being dead, he revived Israel. It's the only nation he ever wanted to revive. And he done did it. And the drawing power's on the other side of the planet, and, and he's over here just adjusting the earrings and the hair locks of his bride. She's about to walk in. What a day that will be. I'd know who I'd like to sit by. I'd like to sit over there close to your mom and shout with her. <laughs> I believe churches would be seated together. I got scripture for that in Revelation. When he visited the seven churches, he did judge them. He came by every church and he said, I know your works. And I'm here to tell you what's right with you and what's wrong with you. And he judged the churches corporately. Churches are going to be just like the tribes of Israel stand together. The local churches, they stand together. <laughs> I'm not a Baptist brighter, but you bumped me twice and I could be. <laughs> oh, my. I'd like to pray. I'd like to pray. The Lord told me that's what I was going to do tonight. How many prodigals is out there? In this hour, that's probably the most grievous thing that I see in the body of Christ. There is such a pull from hell. How many prodigals is out there? Raised in the church, but living in the world. That's the epidemic, the spiritual epidemic of this hour. There is such a draw from hell. That drawing power of God's greatly diminished off the Gentiles, going back to the Jews since 48, the last half of the 1900s. He's drawing the Jews back to Jerusalem and putting that scattering spirit on the Gentiles. Their judgment for rejecting Christ. What he did 2,000 years ago, he put a scattering spirit on the Jews for rejecting Christ and went to draw the Gentiles. That's where we're at, people. 
And there's more prodigals represented in here. Week after week after week after week, pastor, they come and tell me about their 33-year-old sons who's in Atlanta living with another man. Last week, sitting down, a precious couple from Indiana wept and said, Our daughter, we raised her in church. We raised her in the altars. We raised her under that Bible. She's been living with a woman 20 years. They've adopted a girl, and that girl's already that way. And they sat there and wept, and that white-haired man said, What do I do, Brother D? And in my soul, I said, I don't know. Pray. God's bigger than anything we're facing. I know Romans chapter 1 turns them over to a reprobate mind. But there's a line. And thank God there's other verses in the Bible. There's always other verses in the Bible. And you've got to compare Bible with Bible. And in 1 Corinthians 6, there's a chance for them to get saved. Abusers of themselves with mankind. Effeminate. And such were some of you. But you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified. I want to pray. I'd like to see God send revival to the church. And then what the church, how the church could impact this nation. We're still here. And I pray for this generation. I pray for our children. You reckon if you're praying for the church and for the children, you might be in the will of God? (laughs) You say, what about praying for kings and for all that are in authority? Do that. Do that. Do that. I want to to have some prayer. We're going to have to have grace to make it in this hour. Mm, Lord. I'm glad they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Let's sing a little before we pray. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Hey.
there's plunged beneath that flood loose over taste the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in day and there may I though vile as he wash all my sins verse of this blessed heir of salvation pick it up girls Born of a spirit. Washed. <laughs> this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Listen now, y'all got to help me with the words. Everybody help me. When peace like a river attended When sorrows like sea billows roll Oh, 
do this verse my sin my sin oh the bless my sin not in part is nailed to the cross Sing it, ladies. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the face shall be sighed the clouds be rolled back as a scroll the trump the trump shall resound and the lord the lord shall descend even so so it is well with my soul it softly play we're going to have some prayers if you've got a prodigal if you've got a prodigal may not necessarily be your son or your daughter could be a grandchild a niece or a nephew if you've got a daughter a son a prodigal would you stand Now I want y'all to come down to the altar and we're going to pray for them. Call their name out tonight. God knows where they're at. God knows where they are. 
He can go where you can't go. He can say what you tried to say. Come all the way around. We got all the way around here. Now the rest of you out here, what I want you to do is if you see somebody down here that you love, come pray with them. If you see somebody down here you want to pray with, come and lay hands on them and pray with them.
our lives and our souls like in the days of old when our forefathers walked towards our grandmas or grandpas. God, revive us again. Revive each and every heart and put a fire deep down in your soul and let it burn for Jesus. <laughs> Holy Ghost! I'm going to pray for my brother Brown. God bless you, ladies. God bless you. God we'll help you praise this. God bless you. I want to see him go to hell, God. Oh, Lord. I want to see him ready when Jesus comes back God and he blows that trumpet and blows it loud. I want to see his name oh, in the land of Let him humbly bow and say, oh, God. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? I know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. And cried, Abba, Father, all things are possible. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And an angel appeared unto him from heaven, strengthened him. He prayed the more earnestly. Till that death rattle was heard in his voice, that agony. He started dying in the gardens where he started dying. He looked in that cup and it started killing him. And being in an agony. Now I want to make a second prayer. God bless you, preacher. Just stand up here with me. I want you to lead us in this next prayer. Is it Brother Harold? Brother Darrell. I want you to lead us in this next prayer. Just stay up here with me, man of God. I want to pray for those sinners that are lost. The old world laughs at the little country church on the side of the road. But yonder in glory, there's a lot of folk there because there's a little church praying for them. When the world was busy going to hell and the religious were busy playing games, thank God somebody prayed for me. <laughs> they had me on their mind. They sacrificed their time and they prayed for me. My daddy pastored in the foothills of Tennessee down on the state line. And they'd play that little old piano saloon style. And they'd sing that little old song. Somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind. They sacrificed their time and prayed for me. I'm so glad someone prayed for me. They had no doubt that he could bring me out. I'd be in hell. I know that. That ain't. That ain't talk. That ain't spiritual talk. There's a preacher on a branch of our tree and then a moonshiner. 
and then a preacher and then a murderer and then a preacher and then a child molester. That's the way our family tree ran. And I was supposed to be one of the murderers and one of the drugs. <laughs> but I had a daddy who wouldn't leave the book and I had a mama who wouldn't leave the throne room. You saw it, George. You know that's right. Right here tonight, let's record it in the eternal record books that we called their name out. Now, old Joe Parson said the way you have an intercessory prayer burden is when the Holy Ghost floats that sinner in front of you. <laughs> you can't hardly pray for him if he don't. And you can't help but to when he does. <laughs> Y'all better get out of them sentimental prayers. You better get in them spiritual prayers. You're praying about stuff on your heart and it's a bouncing all over this ceiling. You better find out what's on his heart. We know not what we have neither. Who is that face? He's floating in front of you. Let's pray for him tonight. Not everybody has to move on this. Don't feel bad if you're not particularly burdened. But if the Lord's got some sinner heavy on you, come on down and pray and we'll help you in a minute. Brother Darrell's going to lead us in this prayer. Come on and pray for that lost one. That lost loved one. That sinner, he's floating in front of your face. If you see somebody down here and you'd like to come pray with them, do that again. Come and gather around and help them pray. And then maybe the Lord will lay somebody on your heart while you get to praying. And you pray for them. Brother Darrell, pray that God save sinners. Lead us in this prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before oh, the common Lord. grace. Oh, Lord. Lord, that our hearts are heavy. Lord, seems like we can't take another step.
Praise to your holy name. Yes. May God be with all. What I'd like you to do is what he just did. I want you to pray for somebody else tonight. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Bear you one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Holy Ghost done put it in my heart what the next prayer was. If you've got a heavy, heavy burden, you ain't got to tell us, but you can tell him. If the Lord come by here tonight and he stood in front of you and asked you, what shall I do for thee tonight? He did that with Solomon. Came by his room. He did that for that widow woman called Elisha. What shall I do for thee? Well, he is here tonight.
You say, I don't believe that. Well, that's your problem. This whole thing works by faith. You'll believe it, he'll be right in front of you. Whatever it is you need to ask him. Oh, if you ain't praying for a Cadillac or to win the lottery, that might be asking amiss that we consume upon our lust, James said. But if he could do one thing for you this year, huh? If he could do one thing, if you knew he'd do one thing for you this year, in 2016, what would you ask him? Well, I want you to rear back and just take a little nibble of faith and give it a try. Ask him. <laughs> I double dog there. I triple dog. Ask him. You might be surprised that he hear and answer your prayer. And he ain't going to do it your way. Your way ain't never worked. My way's never worked. He'll do it his way. But he'll do it. So I want you to do, there's two options right here. You got a heavy burden, I want you to come. Get on your face. Or you got a burden for somebody else in this building. You know that they got a burden. Go to them and pray with them. Bring them to the altar. So bring your burdens or bring somebody. And we'll have another round of prayer. The great physicians here. Go get somebody. Or bring your request. see one of your brothers or sisters down here with their heavy burden come pray for them Sister Quilla y'all come back up and get ready to say whatever the Lord lays on your heart sing a little bit for God's people
Y'all just play a little while. I'm going to call one more altar call and then y'all can begin to sing. Ladies, let me talk to you for a moment. This is probably the last prayer on my heart that the Holy Ghost has got on my heart. I want all the ladies to pray for your families. You mamas and grandmas, you sisters and daughters. I want y'all to pile up on this side of the church. Pray for your children, your grandchildren, your families, your homes, your husbands, your church. There was more women at Calvary than there were disciples. There were women at that tomb those three days. There wasn't any men. Thank God for the ladies. Gentlemen, here's what I'd like you to do, brethren. I want all the men... I want us to pray for revival for our churches, for our children, for our preachers, and for our, our generation. The Muslims are coming with a sword. The Sodomites are coming with their laws.